What is happening, everybody? On today's show, we are still reacting to a lot of the spring games that happened around the SEC, and we talked Ole Miss. Have not talked much on LSU. They just wrapped up their uh, spring practice uh, a couple days back, and Brian Kelly, he's got what a lot of teams have in the SEC, quarterback battles. We're going to talk about all that with our buddy Carter, the Power Bryant, the host of the Power Hour LSU. We'll also talk some big picture SEC things with him as well. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every day. A reminder, you can catch us on YouTube now at the video stream, or if you just want to catch our podcast, you can find us wherever you find your podcast, Apple, Spotify, whatever. Uh, you can find us there. Let's jump right into it because we got so much to discuss. Let's bring in our buddy, Carter the Power, Bryant. You can follow him on Twitter at Carter the Power. He is host of the Power Hour LSU. You can find it on YouTube. Carter, what's going on, man? What's going on, Gordy? You're a busy man, dude. You 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 wear so many different hats, and you're covering the entire SEC. But now you're talking about your your dear beloved. We 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 love our LSU Tigers. But what I love about you is that. Yes, you graduated from LSU, but you cover these SEC teams objectively, and you'll call it like you see it. And that's what makes it very interesting, Gordy. We have another quarterback battle at LSU. Yeah, it seems like it's it's kind of been a thing for many, many years at LSU. And, and look, you know, I, I make no bones about it. I graduated from there, but I call it like I see it. When they need to be criticized and they stink, I'll say that, and I'll say the same thing about other schools. When Alabama wins the championship, absolutely going to pat them on the back and say uh, congratulations. And look, if A&M does it and busts through this year, A&M will deserve props and absolutely will we'll give them their flowers. But let's jump into it because – just a handful of days ago, we saw LSU in their spring game. Really first time we got to see Brian Kelly on the field at Tiger Stadium coming over from Notre Dame. But as you mentioned, the big thing that everybody wants to talk about is a quarterback battle. You have Miles Brennan, who's the six-year senior coming back, who's it feels like he's been there forever, but he's only really only started a handful of games, but he feels like that veteran presence. You bring in Jaden Daniels from Arizona State, who has like 30 starts under his belt as a guy who started in the Pac-12, got the running ability as well. And then you've got Garrett Nussmeyer, who was a freshman last year, who we've heard nothing but rave reviews about all throughout the spring practice and everything. And then Walker Howard, who's their true freshman early enrollee that was in the signing class. So overall, Carter, big picture, what you saw throughout the spring and then concluding in the spring game, where are we with the LSU quarterback position? Yeah, so let's start with what we know. We can say with near 100% certainty two things, okay? That Walker Howard will not be the starter for LSU next year. He is the long-term answer at quarterback, if you will. The second thing that we do know, Chris Gordy, is we don't know who LSU's starting quarterback is going to be. So on my channel, I do I try my best to make it as simple as possible with things that we do know, Okay. Now, from there is where it gets complex, especially if it's a spring game. So you always have to pay attention whenever coaches do these press conferences. They oftentimes talk about platitudes and things that don't have a whole lot of meat or specificity. But Brian Kelly actually did share one very interesting 
note from the LSU spring game over this weekend is that they ran essentially the same coverage. So that can dilute what you saw from the LSU quarterbacks, which is all four of them threw touchdowns and all four of them did not throw interceptions. So once again, it could just be that the quarterbacks are absolutely awesome, which they did have some ups and downs. But the truth is, Gordy, is, and I won't get into it here. If you go to my channel, you could see deep film breakdowns of a few of the quarterbacks. Uh, but to simply state it for right now, the, the coverage has helped out, right? If you play man coverage every time, you, you it's more likely that you're not going to throw the ball in a harm's way. So, um, yes, Garrett Nussmeyer looked the best in the spring game. Not getting anything away from him. And yes, Miles Brennan and Jaden Daniels had some real moments of brilliance, but at the same time, that's not exactly how defenses are going to play in the actual games. Let's assess a little bit what we saw out of Jaden Daniels. He's the kid coming over from Arizona State that, you know, I was told from multiple people, Jaden Daniels isn't going to LSU to sit. He's not going to LSU to be the change of pace running quarterback. He's going to start. We saw the running ability on display in the spring game. He looks great. I would have loved to have seen him not play one-hand touch and let him break some of those arm tackles and see how much he could run for. That said, I mean, the passing wasn't all that impressive. He had some drops. He had some low throws. He let some sail on him. What did you make of Jaden Daniels? And right now, where would you say is he in the pecking order? Yeah, look, so Mike Dembrock won a lot of games last year with Desmond Ritter, and a lot of what Cincinnati did offensively was moving Desmond Ritter around. And Jaden Daniels is very much like Desmond Ritter, other than the fact that he is a better runner, but not quite as efficient of a passer. So, yes, Jaden Daniels is an elite runner of the football. He's very smart, not only with his actual athletic ability, but he's really good at reading pass rush lanes and scrambling for first downs and pulling the ball on his own read. A lot of the intricacies that come along with quarterback play. And look, uh, let's say Kentucky last year, which was a really good program in the SEC. Will Levis wasn't a great thrower, but he was very athletic and, and, and very smart when it came to actually running the ball. So yes, Jaden Daniels does provide you a lot offensively. He was the first quarterback that they did trot out there. But his intermediate passing game is something that looked a little wobbly. He did miss on some throws. He did throw the ball low. That could have been thrown a little bit higher for a cleaner completion. He also, like he said, had a bunch of drops. So once again, it was pretty up and down as far as throwing. I think we all uh, we all expected that to a certain degree, Gordy. But at the same time, you know, uh, you, you see what Jaden can do with his legs, and I do think that does interest Brian Kelly, especially considering they're going to be starting so many new offensive linemen next year. Last thing on the uh, quarterback spot, Carter, if LSU had to play a game today, who would they start at quarterback? I think they'd start Jaden. I do, but that doesn't mean he's the best for what LSU wants to do, right? You know, there's a lot of LSU fans that want Miles Brennan to be the guy because, you know, he's been through so much adversity and he's been with the program for so long and he does have heavy ties to the South Louisiana region. Um, so yeah, Miles is very much in it. And then obviously Garrett Nussmeyer is very much in this as well. Cause look, if, you strip everything you know about the quarterbacks down and you don't know anything about their experience or what jersey number they wear, where they're from. You would think Garrett Nussmeyer, just looking at them in practice with his ability to throw the zip on his passes and just in the spring game that you just watch, you would think just with the eye test that he was the best. But obviously it's more complex than just that. So I do think right now that they still would trot 
Jaden Daniels out there like they did during the spring game. He is Carter Bryant. We'll talk more on LSU with him in just a second, but need to remind you about our friends over at Built Bar. It's that time of year. A lot of you have given up on your New Year's resolutions. You're maybe not eating as healthy, or maybe you are still going to the gym. You're just looking for a, a more healthy alternative when you talk protein bars and that sort of thing, and Built Bars are a great alternative for you. They are 100% real chocolate. They are very delicious, low in calorie, high in protein, Packed with protein. In fact, many of the uh, built bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs, 17 grams of protein packed in there. Got tons of different flavors from the coconut almond to the mint brownie, delicious flavors. And they've always got something new for you on their website at built.com. Go there today. Take a look at all the different flavors they got. I guarantee you're going to find something you like. And when you do, go to built.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. It's going to get you 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. Start trying Built Bars today. I guarantee you, you will not regret it. Continue our conversation with Carter Bryant, recapping LSU's spring game. And uh, outside of the quarterbacks, Carter, I thought it was very interesting LSU last year running the football. We know that's always been their bread and butter from the Nick Saban days to the Les Miles days. Even Coach O, you know, they still ran the football. Even when, uh, you know, you had uh, Joe Burrow, you still were running the football effectively with Clyde Edwards Elair. Uh, last year, it felt like they didn't. Ty Davis Price had some good games in there. Obviously, the Florida game where he set the rushing record was great, but they were inconsistent running the football. I liked what I saw out of LSU in their spring game running the football. It didn't seem like any running back stood out among the most. I know most people expect John Emery to be the starter. He was a little bit banged up and limited. But where are we with the LSU run game right now? Yeah, so the offensive line and the holes that they create is more important than the running back itself. Albeit there's rare circumstances where, you know, there's special running backs that, that, that are great in any system. But obviously run blocking is the most important thing, and LSU – was really good running the football, especially as the game moved on. Now, I would include that this was the first time LSU went full speed live tackling. They've changed that up from years past. So that's obviously going to fatigue your defense just a little bit more, and it's going to be harder to tackle when you haven't been really bringing anyone down during the spring up to this point. And it was hot. This was like the first game. So the defensive line did get tired, but it was good seeing some traditional LSU football, right? Uh, and, and look, no one wants to go back to the less milestone ages, but it, it did look good that they were running the football. Now, at the, the same time, I mean, look, Brian Kelly, Mike Dembrock, they're used to two tight end sets. They're used to being able to establish that run. So obviously that is something that excites them. And look, you're looking at a photo of Armani Goodwin. He had a really good day. Trey Bradford had a really good day. And obviously it's going to be tough to unseat John Emery, knowing his experience. But both of those guys are going to get plenty of opportunities, along with Noah Kane coming in from the transfer portal to take over this room. I do think, Gordy, the most uh, – if you were to take away, let's just say – one of your neutral SEC fans that keeps up with everything LSU football or just keeps up with everything SEC, what is the one major takeaway from the LSU spring football tenure outside of the quarterback room? It's that LSU is starting a true freshman at left tackle. Will Campbell is the story of LSU spring. I cannot stress this enough how difficult it is versus grown men. Uh, Look, if you're an early enrollee, you should be getting ready for prom at Applebee's. You should not be worried <laughs> about uh, winning the job going up against future NFL defensive linemen. And that's what Will Campbell did. 
Um, so for me, starting a left tackle, if you're uh, an Alabama fan, you remember Cam Robinson, also a top 50 North Louisiana prospect like Will Campbell. So he's exceeded the hype up to this point. Now, when the lights actually go on and Dallas Turner, Will, T- uh, Will Campbell, or Will Campbell, Will Anderson's breathing down your neck, obviously, or, or Jalen Carter, that obviously changes a lot. Obviously, they don't play Georgia next year, but still, uh, it, it changes a lot when the lights go on. But I, I just don't see that changing. I think Will Campbell's going to be one of the best LSU offensive linemen in a long time. Well, in fairness to Will Campbell, I don't know if anybody's going to stop Will Anderson and Dallas Turner together. So (laughs) if he suffers, everybody else in the country is going to suffer as well. Um, What do you make of the wide receivers? Because I know they were without Kayshawn Boutte, the stud wide receiver that's coming back. But some other guys kind of open in some eyes. Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas, and as you mentioned, Jack Besh. There's some really good talent at that receiver spot, even behind Boutte. Yeah, I love you some Jack Bash. Now, he's great. I will say this, Gordy. I know you get this all the time because I know you, you had Joe Fouché on the channel, and uh, I love Joe. I'm sure you've been accused. Well, you're only praising this guy because he came on your channel, right? Uh, you, you get it all the time if you're in media. The So Jack Bash jumped on the channel. He, he's a great guy. I'm really happy that he hopped on with us. With that said, I was a big Jack Besh believer before. I was a big Jack Besh believer coming out because some guys, Gordy, just are able to get open. And Jack did it in high school consistently, and he did it a lot as a true freshman. And he is, to me, LSU's most efficient third down uh, creator, right? He's just really good at that third and medium game. He's really good at just getting open and finding a way to get the job done. And along with Malik Neighbors, these two young men from Lafayette going into year two, they were actually the two lowest receivers that LSU brought in in that great 2021 class. They look special. They don't look good. They don't look great. They look special. And if I would say one thing, and I know I'm going to get accosted by a few of your listeners and, and accuse me of LSU bias here, but LSU's got the best receiving room in the SEC. You know, Kayshawn's not there. And when Kayshawn's on, he's arguably the best receiver in the country you know, you can argue Jackson Smith and Jake, but you can. But I, I think Kayshawn's better. So you add that in, and that is going to be LSU's strength. When it comes to position groups, the wide receiver room is by far, it's, there's not a close second. It is by far LSU's best room. The interesting thing is going to be how the rotation is going to be divvied out. But new SEC wide receiver coordinator coming in, Cortez Hankton from Georgia. Want to switch gears, Carter, talk a little bit on the defense. Um I think the strength of LSU defensively is going to be that front four. Uh, Ali Gay, Mason Smith, I mean, B.J. Ojolari, they've got some studs on that D-line. A little bit concerned about the linebackers in secondary. They've brought in a lot of transfers into that secondary, whether it's, like you said, Joe Fouché and Greg Brooks from Arkansas, Makai Garner, Jarek Bernard Converse, who's been hurt. They've got a lot of pieces, but... How does it gel under first-year D.C. Matt House is going to be the the question. But what do you make overall of the LSU defense right now? Yeah, things are going to get a little rough, right? Uh, a lot of people feel this way after the spring game. So, look, you have Matt House coming in, and he's very talented. Obviously, Tyron Matthew loves him because he was they were together with the Chiefs. And Matt is well-regarded. I mean, he was he was thought of as a defensive coordinator before this year. But at the same time, he's not been a play caller, especially at the college football level, since 2018. So there's going to be some growing pains because 
the defensive staff is brand new. And I felt LSU's defensive assistants last year did fine. So they obviously have a lot of work to do because the cupboard was left bare from Ed Orgeron. A lot of guys transferred out. Gordy, this is the first time as LSU fans where it's going to be very strange that they don't have just this bonafide defensive back, right? Every year you associate, well, that guy's going to be a first-round pick next year. Can't really say that about any of the LSU defensive backs, and that was a position that's been very hurt. Everybody's secondary gets really banged up. Not only do you have to find the best secondary, you also got to find the secondary to the secondary. You got to find backup defensive backs that fill in really well. So there's going to be some growing pains there. At the same time, this unit can be really good because of that unit you mentioned a minute ago. Mason Smith, Jaqueline Roy, and those guys are pretty solid. Now, the system is going to be a little bit different. They are switching from uh, a traditional four-man front to more of a 3-4, kind of like what you see with Bama and Georgia. For that defensive line to work, you got to find that jack linebacker. So B.J. Ojolari is going to be a, a big piece for what they're going to do next year. But this is where it gets really fun, Gordy, because I know you keep up with recruiting. I know every single one of your fans keeps up with recruiting. They are bringing in Harold Perkins, right? This can't-miss top-10 five-star freak-of-nature athlete. Where he plays next year on defense and how much he actually plays is yet to be seen, but that is one special athlete that could take your defense to the next level. More with Carter Bryant right after this. I uh, need to remind you guys about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NBA playoffs, which we're in the thick of, uh, Major League Baseball season, which we're a couple weeks into. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information. They've even got uh, latest Heisman odds up there if you want to take a look at that. You feel pretty good about Bryce Young repeating, or you feel like one of these other guys, longer shot in the SEC, Spencer Rattler, maybe you want to take a chance. So get some really good odds. You can find all that information over at Bet Online. They've got uh, live betting, they've got playoffs, esports, and more. Head over to their website today. You can do so on your mobile device. Start learning about all the trends and action before you go start playing. In your bets. It is betonline.net and it is betonline. It is where the game starts. One more segment with our buddy Carter, the power, Bryant. And Carter, I want to talk some big picture stuff. When we talk about Brian Kelly coming in, what are expectations for him in year one? Because I feel like at least him at LSU and Billy Napier at Florida, everybody knows both those programs are in flux. You know, maybe, you know, coming off disappointing runs. So they, they want to turn this thing around, but it takes time. How much time does Brian Kelly get? What are expectations realistically for LSU in year one of Brian Kelly? Yeah, so first thing, obviously, when it comes to head coaching, a lot of what you do is what happens off the field compared to what you do on it, right? So Brian Kelly, you know, he, he buys a house a mile from LSU's campus. This is a guy who has done a really good job of recruiting. You know, the big takeaway from spring weekend was getting the 2019 team back, so Joe um, Jamar was there this weekend, Justin Clyde and getting those guys to mingle with the next wave of recruits. Five-star quarterback Dante Moore was able to take a photo with Joe Burrow that went pretty viral and he's from Michigan. So, you know, Brian Kelly uh, getting the former legends, Tyron Matthew back around and shaking the hands, dotting the eyes, crossing the T's, whatever idiom you want to use. He's done a really good job of, of meshing into the Louisiana culture, which 
you and I, Gordy, know is is that aspect of it is overblown. It's going to come down to wins and losses, and this is where it gets really spicy, Gordy. I know we focus so much on spring, and we're all big SEC football fans, but it's really what happens in the fall. Can LSU win that first game versus Florida State? We've seen the team disintegrate these last two years after really ugly opening game losses to Mississippi State and UCLA. So if you win that first game, you're going to get more buy-in. That schedule to start the year is softer. It's a typical LSU schedule. Season really gets better as it goes on, especially with a spicy November. You know, that's going to be the key. You know, winning that first game versus Florida State. If you do that, that team is more likely uh, to, to get to that eight or nine win mark in year one, which is, look, most people view LSU fan bases, well, you got to win a gazillion games in your one. No, that's not how it is. LSU fans would be perfectly content with an eight or a nine win team, especially knowing Arkansas returns a quarterback. The SEC West is really good. You know, you, you, it's going to be tough to get to 10 or 11 wins. So I think most SEC fans and LSU fans would look at LSU and if they look at that roster and looking at the replenishing and the transfer portal and all the flux that's happening, I, I think an, an, an eight-win season or a nine-win season would go a long way for this program. Crazy to think. A, a transition year. And it could be nine wins for LSU, certainly, yeah. in play. But, you know, I, I like how the schedule sets up for them. Road trips at Auburn and Florida are winnable, you know, just yeah. because of where those programs are. And then at Arkansas and at A&M, both programs perceived to be ahead of LSU right now. But who knows? You know, get into a 50-50 game, and, and LSU could certainly find a way to win those. The Alabama at home will be tough. Uh, you know, Mississippi State and Ole Miss at home are winnable. So, again, LSU's going to lose some games in there. That they definitely are, but I'm with you. You win that Florida State game, it kind of sets the trend for your program the rest of the year. It could be the difference between seven or eight wins versus eight or nine wins. A uh, yeah. couple big-picture things for you, Carter. Um, I watched all the SEC spring games the last couple weeks. Tennessee didn't play one because they have renovations at Neyland Stadium, but Hendon Hooker I'm very high on. I think he's going to have an awesome year. Mm. But – it's hard for me just looking at all the talent and all the teams. Alabama and Georgia are the two most talented teams in the SEC again. I mean, are you going to go out on a limb and say anybody else can push those two teams this year? No, no one's going to. No. <laughs> I mean, I was looking at Oscar Delp, and I'm like, really? Georgia stockpiling all the tight ends? I mean, come on. What's going on with this? Yeah, it it, it is interesting. Obviously, you know, Alabama, they got the best quarterback. They, they have arguably the best backup quarterback at Milrow and they've got the best pass rush, you know, going into next year, just that alone, not including Gibbs and Ricks and those guys. I mean, they, I mean, they're, they're so far ahead of, of everyone right now. Um, I, I like what AM's done. I, I, I think, you know, the Anthony Lucas kid looks really good. He had a really good spring game. Uh, but, you know, still, I, I'm not sold on Jimbo as a play caller. I'm not sold as Jimbo, um, getting over that Alabama hump anytime soon. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I feel as if this is Georgia and Bama again. Now, I know Georgia, you know, they, they want to talk about uh, 15 Beck. Is Stetson their, Stetson's their guy, but, I mean, look, you got Eric Gilbert, once again, sore subject for a lot of LSU fans. They, they look really good. They look, they look really good. I don't – I just don't know about the East right now. I know it would be nice just if you are an SEC lifer like me. It would be nice to see Tennessee 
resurge. Is that even a word? Resurge. Yeah. It would be nice though to to see uh, Tennessee. And I know you've talked about this previously, but Tennessee getting Nico. That's my guy. That was my 2023 quarterback. He, I think he's the best quarterback. Say his last name. I, I'm not going to try. <laughs> Yama Lieva is what I was told. Okay. All right. So Kevin Durant, who could throw a football really far, <laughs> right? He's got he's got that KD build. Yeah. I, I know it, I know it looks strange, but that kid's got a rocket. I love his attitude. I like the Tennessee pajama pants and in the, the drill or whatever. That I mean, I just love that kid. It's a lot of um, California kids making the move, coming over to play in the SEC nowadays. So you know, it's yeah. it fits it fits right in the mold. Now I'm with you. I think I think uh, you know we'll have all summer to dissect this, but right now coming out of the spring, I feel like if Tennessee can make some adjustment adjustments defensively, maybe they could give Georgia some run in the SEC East. And then obviously if A&M, if they can figure out the quarterback thing, whether it's Haynes King, Max Johnson or whatever, and they get all these five-star recruits onto the field and they produce A&M, they just beat Bama last year. Now, this time you got to go to Tuscaloosa and do it, but maybe they can compete in the West. But, yeah, I just – I watched the Ele- the Alabama and the Georgia spring games and just said, just go ahead and pencil these two teams into the playoff. They're the two best. Yeah, yeah. And and I said Alabama get over the A&M hump, but it just clicked. I was like, well, they did beat them last year. Yeah. The thing, that, the thing that's really strange, though, is if I'm an A&M fan, all right, so I, I did a deep dive on Jimbo Fisher and, and because – you know, he was connected to the job, Scott Woodward. So we did it on the channel. And the, the thing that just completely blew me away is how bad AM's offenses play on the road compared to when they're at home. And that to me is going to be the big thing, right? That is and and the the data backs it up. His offenses just don't work on the road. I don't know exactly why. It, it was staggering how much worse they are on the road than they are at home. AM fans know that, but that's something that, that's gone year to year to year. So uh, for a and I'd be looking at that thing specifically and obviously trying to figure out if 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 they're going to have a quarterback. And I know uh, Max, I look, Max struggled last year. He wasn't given the best opportunity to succeed, but we'll see. If he turns out to be a 10-win starter for Texas A&M, I, I would be blown away. I really would. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens at that quarterback spot. But yeah, AM right there. I think Mark Schleybaugh had him there in his preseason top five right now. So mm. big expectations for Jimbo Fisher once again. And look, you make ten million a year. Of course, you're going to be have high expectations every year. He is Carter, the Power Bryant, host of Power Hour LSU. Let our listeners know where they can find it. Yeah, so if you're a diehard LSU football fan, you're going to love it. It's just it's deeper breakdowns. Today we just did like very surface level LSU stuff. So we do film breakdowns, we do interviews, we do all kinds of fun stuff there. So if you like diehard LSU football content, make sure uh, you check it out. And we, we talk about other SEC teams as well. And Power Hour LSU on Twitter, I'm trying to grow that because, you know, Elon just bought the thing and I'm like <laughs> – I don't have a Tesla, but I, I, I could see if I could grow some Twitter stock. So it's at Power Hour LSU on Twitter as well. And one more thing, Gordy, before I get out of here, I know yep. this is going to sound dated. I, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I got to get this in. Go Pels! I, I, I just said that. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about the actual series. Yeah. By the time go this, Pels, by the time this podcast is out, the Pelicans are eliminated. So uh, that's that's uh, we're just putting it out there. Carter, <laughs> appreciate the time as always, man. Great stuff. 
All right, buddy. We'll see you, man. All right. He is Carter the Power Bride again. Power Hour LSU is where you can find his stuff. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked On SEC. Again, my thanks to Carter Bryant for jumping in here, recapping the LSU spring game. We'll be back tomorrow for an all-new Locked On SEC right here. Appreciate you guys for making us your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. Check out one of the other great podcasts on our Locked On network. Locked On Ole Miss, Locked On Razorbacks. Tons of great ones all out there wherever you find your podcast. I'm Chris Gordy. Talk to you guys tomorrow.